Blog Talk Radio. for being with us today. You're listening to An Artist Speaks, presented by Contemporary Art Gallery Online. Contemporary Art Gallery Online represents tomorrow's art giants today. Come visit us at ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com and there you can view and purchase great works of contemporary art, check out our monthly art competitions and exhibitions, our blog and newsletter, view videos of our artist's work, and listen to artist interviews from this show. Today, our guest is Ken Benison. Ken was a winner in the photography section of the August art competition and exhibition entitled Landscape. Ken is from Ontario, Canada, and from a young age, he was interested in the wilderness, spent a great deal of time camping and fishing, and his photographic work consisted mostly of capturing these trips. In 2010, he decided to take his work to the next level. He taught himself Photoshop with the help of Scott Kelby's books. And today, he specializes in wilderness landscape scenes in northern Ontario, which has an abundance of rivers and lakes in which to work with. Thus, by vehicle, canoe, and walking, he can access these areas, study the lighting on site to achieve what you see in his work. He tends to photograph at daybreak or late evening, but cloudy days do give him more options. Well, good morning, Ken. Welcome to An Artist Speaks. Hello. Good morning. Well, we're glad to have you with us this morning, Ken, and let's start off by having you tell the audience a little bit more about yourself. Well, nowadays I'm retired from my job that I spent my career in. Believe it or not, I was a saw filer in the forestry industry which was destroying trees. So this is quite a change that I flipped over to recording nature as I see it. I thoroughly enjoy traveling the wilderness and, and exploring, and with maps, compass, and GPSs, I do a lot of exploring in the North Country here. The uh, most, most of my work, is done in early morning or uh, evening time. And I usually sit there and I wait until I get what I want or I come back many times to achieve my results. Some of these areas I have to canoe into and camp there and stay there. Some areas I'm able to drive to or other areas I walk into them. I can go for four or five days on a trip and stay in one spot and I may only get an hour to 15 minutes shooting to, to capture what I'm looking for. Nature has a lot of beauty in it that if you're willing to wait and look, you will find it. The other big thing is uh, you have to, I like, I'm 66 years old now, so I, you have to be active and on the go. And this is, this is my idea of how to go about this, keep in shape and keep your mind going and I write a lot of poetry. I have a book published and on my photos and poetry and I just completed an essay on lighting in the landscape and so forth and uh, and it's just great to be there. I'm basically two people. One person is 
I thoroughly enjoy being in the wilderness, enjoying the environment, the peacefulness and the quietness and the beauty of it all. And the other person is the artistic part of me that captures what I see while I'm out there. It's like the old adage, like when you go fishing, it's not all about catching the fish. It's it's being out there, enjoying enjoying the, the great outdoors. And also when, when I do this work, I'm also capturing that moment of time that probably most people will never, ever see. And especially a lot of the urban people who don't get to go into these wilderness areas. Well, Ken, was, you said in 2010 that you really started to focus, you know, on your photography as an art. Yeah. What brought that about? Well, I've always, I, I bought my first camera in the 60s. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was an Ashley Pentex film camera. And like everybody else, you photographed and did your thing and recorded events. And, and then as time progressed, and digital cameras came out, I jumped in because now you become the complete artist. As a, you, take your, you take your photo, you, you bring it home, you upload it to your computer, and with Photoshop, you create a fine art piece of work. And that was the turning point for me. Plus, let's say my, my working career was over by then, so I had lots of time to go and do my own thing. Well, Ken, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about your uh, process uh, once you've taken the picture? You've already covered uh, where you go and how you you know take your photographs, but then tell them what you do afterwards once you get back home to your studio. Okay, I'll, I'll breathe a little bit about being out there with the camera. Uh, first of all, I'm shooting strictly from the tripod with a polarizing filter, and I do all my composing in the camera so there's no cropping. And it's, it's a matter of early morning and late evening, you're shooting at very low shutter speeds, and my f-stop is always f22 for the most part, which gives me my depth of field front and back. And it's a matter of watching what's happening. I've become a real student of lighting. And you see things like you may have a subject that you're working on, but other things are happening around you. And you go and create a composition with maybe there's a streak of light coming through and highlighting a tree or something, giving you a beautiful reflection. You, you know, you can do your shooting there too and then go back to what you were. So then when I get home, I go through and I process them with Photoshop. Now, I do not crop my work. Fine art photography is going beyond the photograph. It's creating an artistic, what you feel that you've created. It's a very emotional, uh, spiritual thing for me. I do things like create, uh, like it needs a little bit of more lighting in an area to, to, to bring out the contrast. I add a little bit of yellow or whatever to contrast with something else in the photo. The biggest majority of this is all about contrast and and sharpening to, because we, we have a 2D object and you've got to give it that 3D effect. I want you to want to step into that photo and be there. And I think for the most part, I, I very much achieved that aspect of it. 
Oh, I agree. Uh, we were very taken with photographs that you submitted in the art competition because uh, they are stunning, and, and you do get that 3D dimension all, out of your work. Yeah, that was a, a trip I took last August with a cousin of mine that I hadn't seen in 30 years. And I said, well, let's go to Wolf Lake here, up north of here. Uh, it's an area where there's old growth red pine, 250 to 320 years old. So off we went, and we got one evening, what, I, what you would call an artist's paradise in the terms of the air was clear, the wind was still, the colors were phenomenal. And when you get that, you start photographing. And it don't happen every day either. Well, since you brought up uh, the uh, photographs you took at Wolf Lake, how many photographs total did you take that uh, during your trip there? And that, with, with the ones you've seen there, I probably took about 120 to 125 photos total. Mm-hmm. And out of those, I maybe get five that will get to the printer. Wow. So there's a really, a, it is about taking a lot to get just a few perfect ones in. No, and you you end up taking, say, 15 to 20 photos of the same set up. And what I mean by that is you're watching the lighting. As the lighting changes, you keep shooting. But you only take one shot at a time, okay? And and then you, when you get home, you select whichever one that fits your bill. It's a game of patience and a game of waiting. It's not like shooting a sports photography type thing where you just click, 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 click. No, it don't work that way when you do this kind of work. And when the, when everything goes right, you're well rewarded. But you also have to recognize what you're seeing, color in the water, color in the rocks. I was in a place in Lake Superior where I was sitting there, and I'd taken a photo, and the sun was down on the horizon, shining across Lake Superior. All of a sudden, the whole scene that I had composed turned red. Those are the little things that you look for. That's what sets it off from the ordinary photograph. You're walking on a beach, same period of time. The waves are washing up onto the shore. They recede, and all of a sudden you see this beautiful golden golden reflection on the uh, the wet gravel. Little things like that you've got to pick up on. Well, on those Wolf Lake photographs, uh, were those mostly taken early in the morning or or were they in the evening or a combination of late both? evening yeah <clears throat> there is like you think in the evening there is a certain short period there where the lighting is phenomenal and the rocks become the rocks take on a life of their own color wise everything the colors become more saturated if you look at the same scene in the middle of the day the highlights are all blown. The rocks are shiny, and the water is is has got blowing highlights and stuff like that. Eh? And you can also get into uh, cloudy days, whereby there's no shadows. The colors are saturated, and it now works really well with rock rocky rock structures and stuff like that. And then if the sun happens to pop out, you can create some interesting effects with that 
Well, in the photograph, Wolf Lake 1, that appears to be more of a, lack of a better word, more of a black and white photograph. Was that taken on a cloud? Okay, you looking at the, the one that took second place? Uh, no, this would be the one. It was Wolf Lake 1. It's where you're looking like okay. uh, between two rocks onto the water. Okay, yeah, that's early morning. I had seen this set up the evening before, okay? And I thought that with that V would make a good focal point to look out. And then when morning came, there was a bit of mist on the hills and stuff like that. It all adds up to creating emotion, feeling in a shot, eh? Mm-hmm. Well, that is a very stunning shot. And then on the one that was the winner, Wolf Lake 2, I think the thing about that one that really struck me is is, certain, is how the reflection on the water mirrored the, the real-life rocks. Yeah. This Okay, this is called side lighting. Side lighting is very, very effective. It highlights the... You have to remember when the sun goes down that it's also... The sunlight's coming through hills, trees, whatever. So you get a filtered light, and it doesn't touch the whole scene that that you've composed. And then when it touches on the rocks... Uh, in this part of the country, there's a lot of reddish granite in these rocks, and it makes them rocks stand out. Now, the other effect here is not a totally calm, calm reflection. It's what I call the painterly reflection, which works very, very well, and it gives your, your piece of work a more painterly effect, as opposed to being stuck flat and you get a total, total reflection, eh? Right. Mm-hmm. Side lighting, and you can get into backlighting, which is, is another form of lighting that comes in in front of you behind behind your subject, and but it's a little more trickier to work with. And then you get total darkness. And when you start, like we're talking here, probably shooting at about uh, five, ten seconds. And another big thing you got to remember is that you can't have any wind with this because if it's windy, you're, you're going to have a blurry, the trees are all going to be blurry. That's probably my biggest enemy of all <laughs> when you get into these very low shutter speeds. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is you must use a polarizing filter to take the glare out. And then the other one that was in there is a rock structure. I, I look at some of this stuff geometrically in, in the terms of form. And I took a, I took a look at the close-up shot with the dark trees, evergreens behind it, and these rocks take a life of their own in terms of color and detail when that sun starts to settle. And then you get the reddish hue on these rocks, gives it that, helps give it that two-dimensional look. I mean, probably basically 90% of my work is basically rock, water, and, and trees. Mm-hmm. Well, it is very stunning work. Thank you. Ken, did you teach yourself on the lighting, or did you attend some courses on lighting and photographic work? No, I'm totally self-taught. If I did anything, uh, I, I can remember a long time ago going into the library and picking up art books 
and studying the, the, the work that was in these art books in terms of composition, we get into the S shapes and we get into, like when I do water, like rivers and streams and waterfalls, I believe in flow in, flow out, which means the water will flow in the top left corner or somewhere and then flow out, say, at the bottom right corner. So your eye is, is following a pattern. And I'm a civil technician graduate, so I had a, a lot of drafting experience in geometry. So I incorporate this geometry affects into my work too whenever I can get it. You have to remember that a lot of the stuff, you happen upon it. And you have to, to be able to get something in the foreground, the middle ground, the background. And a lot of times this will not work. You may have a beautiful cliff behind you, but you've got nothing to put with it. But if you have, find an area where there's a beautiful stream flowing and you've got that in the background and you wait for the evening light to come in from the side and highlight certain stuff, now you have a composition. Now you're getting into fine art photography. And in, in terms of Photoshop, I'm self-taught in that myself. I, I developed my workflow. Uh, I, I mainly learned from Scott Kelby's books on, on Photoshop. He's a very good writer. He's very, it's very simplified, and, and you can pick up on it very easy. And then over the course of time, I've enriched my workflow, and I can have one of these photos ready in 10 or 15 minutes ready to print now. Wow. But you must have a workflow. Mm -hmm. You must do it right first out in the field, your composition and so forth, and then it's just a matter of developing it in, in, in the computer. This is what I call having complete control. Back in the days of the film camera, most of us couldn't afford a dark room, and if we did, it was black and white. And right. So you had to send your work out. And consequently, you didn't know what you are going to get back. At least I never did. And so you get your work back, and you say, okay, this is okay, this is not okay. But somebody else has done it. Now, with digital photography, you start from square one, and you work yourself through the system right through to the printer. And if you're not happy with what's right at the printer, you go back in and you make adjustments. Now, here's the interesting thing about this, I get to people. The word I get out a lot of times is people look at my work, they say, well, you've manipulated that. And I say, well, yes, of course. I said, it's, it's, it's exactly the same thing you did back in the old days in the dark room. I mean, if you, if you, if you know, you probably know about Anthony Adams. He's probably one of the greatest photographers there was in the landscape fields. And... He'd make 100 prints in that dark room to get what he wanted. And the same thing, to a certain extent, applies today uh, with with, uh, with the computer. The only thing is you don't have all these messing chemicals to play with. Well, Ken, this is a good spot. Let's take a quick commercial break, and then uh, we'll come okay. back and uh, talk with you some more. I want to let our listeners know that you can view and purchase Ken Benison's artwork by going to contemporaryartgalleryonline.com Click on the Search Gallery tab, and then on the Artist tab. Contemporary Art Gallery Online is the number one source for showcasing tomorrow's art giants. So if you're an artist seeking gallery representation, click on the Artist Member Corner and follow the prompts under the Member Application Process tab. And if you're a designer, architect, or just a lover of great art who believes art can turn a house into a home, 
then come visit us and review some of the wonderful art created by some of the finest artists in North America. You can search by style, medium, color, size, or by the individual artist. And again, to view Ken Benison's beautiful art, just click on the search gallery and then follow the prompts to Ken Benison's name. Well, Ken, uh, you mentioned Ansel Adams. Is there any other artists or photographers that have been in No, Ansel Adams is probably, if anybody, would be him. I'm a firm believer in you create your own style, your own personality, not what somebody else has done. Now, I've been compared to Ansel Adams with my work. I've been compared to the group of seven, but it's still... I want you to walk in the room and say, that's Ken Benison's work. <laughs> that is so true, and that and uh, that is a, a good point. You certainly need your work to be your work. Well, the thing is today, there's so many people painting, there's so many people photographing. you got to stand above all this. If you're looking at doing any selling or whatever, you have to be ab- above all these people in terms of what you do. Well, you do. And, you know, you're correct. I mean, with the advent of digital camera, that's really just exploded onto the art scene, uh, digital art has in, in yeah. the art world. So you're right. You you have to be, your your technique and your eye, you have to be different than everyone else that's out there. Yeah, that's right. You 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 have to you have to develop the sense of seeing. The thing about going into a wilderness scene is you gotta let yourself flow into it. It becomes a a spiritual thing, and you gotta enjoy it. And I'll, I'll explain to you a little bit about equipment wise. I don't have much for equipment. I have a a Canon 7D and two lenses. Plus my tripod. That's what I travel with. And the reason for that is a lot of times I'm canoeing into locations, portaging, and so forth, and I have to keep my weight down. And probably with all my camping gear, uh, I'm probably hauling 80 pounds total when I go across these portages. And then I still have my canoe to carry across. You don't need a whole lot of equipment to achieve what you want to do. You don't need an expensive camera to achieve what you want to do. Learn to see. Learn to create. Well, that is great advice for anyone out there who is thinking about becoming a fine art photographer. Fine art, uh, being a fine art photographer, is, is, sometimes you can look at this and say, well, I'm not a photographer. I'm a fine art I'm a I'm a fine I'm an artist. And the camera is, is basically only a tool to achieve that end. It's it's the end result that you get that drives you to that level. Composition is very, very important. Did you wanna go into further detail on that for the audience? Yeah, like, like when I talk composition, the pieces have to fit together whether it's through reflections, your eye has to draw to where you want it to go. You can do that by reflection. You can also put, if you can, uh, a f- stuff in the foreground, like another rock or, or so forth. And you have to have three points of 
foreground, middle ground, and background. And the lighting, you have to create, you have, you're, you're basically taking a two-dimensional image, and you have to give, like I said before, that image a 3D f- feeling. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so true. And, Ken, you certainly have, I believe, mastered that to a great extent. One of the uh, one of the shows I did here, one of the comments that was given here, uh, one person said, I, I experienced a, ha- a haiku moment when I see your photograph. Now, it looks like something out of a dream. The composition reminds me at once of a, of a painting and a photograph. Beautiful. The beauty of the imagery is the presentation of nature to the viewer. You transform the reality of nature to exhibit your artistry. You, you, I appreciate this greatness. Wow, t- truly stunning. I just love it. Awesome work, Ken. Great meeting you that night, John from Southern Ontario. Stunning work. Not sure if I feel inspired or depressed. I, I, that was quite the comment. I guess this guy wants to do this kind of work, but he doesn't quite know how to go about it. I love how the flow of water just melts over the rocks and suddenly changes into a rush of urgency. It's amazing how you are able to capture the water flow so precisely. Great stuff, Ken. Now, we'll talk a little bit about this. I do a lot of waterfalls, but I never shoot the whole waterfalls itself. I'm more into what's within that scene. Now, photographing water, flowing water, uh, I love to have character in the water. I love to see lines. And, and to achieve that, first of all, you don't shoot dead on. You shoot at a bit of an angle, again, to give you that depth feeling. And by shooting at one quarter, one six, one eight second, at up 22, I can create that effect of life in the water. Okay? Uh, there's another comment. A combination uh, of appreciation for the beauty of nature, artistic photography, and informative com- comments. I will go so far as to say you have the same eye as Andrew Allen. Each of your photos has a quality of timelessness. I admire your technique. Whatever you're doing, results are stunning, and I love waterfall shots. Last couple here. Fantastic pictures, just inspirational for those of us just starting a photographic journey. Gorgeous, you can piece out of every pixel. This scene reminds me of the Agenauts. I can't believe which one I like best. The fall color really pops, but your answer, Adam, vibe is strong, too. Just stunning. I am transported to a beautiful scene when I open your points. Post. Thanks. And then the last one, couple here. This is an incredibly painterly photo. The light you find for your photos is, is the same light I look for when I'm painting. I'm feasting on your photos. I'm saving each one's uniqueness and reading your descriptions, but having time to make particular comments. So I hope this was sufficient. Awesome. Good afternoon, Ken. Thank you. Just wanted to say that your photography work is outstanding. I look forward to your posting. It gives me that 10 seconds of peace when I, I'm hard at work. Now, there's a, I had a comment from a Michelle Betchel. She's director of the Madison Museum of Fine Arts in Madison, Georgia. In your photograph titled Daybreak, you capture a mood and well moment that many urban dwellers only dream of witnessing. Your monogramic choice eliminates color as distraction to, to reveal the aesthetic essence of your subject. Your image is mag- magnetic and timeless. 
Beyond individual outcroppers and institutions that have corporate outcroppers, the image could appeal to institutions to strive to improve the quality of life for individuals in hospitals and health settings. The things that, and it's not a monetary value, it's a good feeling value. I have people who are having emotional problems, maybe going through a lot of stress in life and stuff like that, and they find that my work, when they view it, gives them some peace from all this. And I find that that is probably my greatest award of all when I hear these kind of comments. I'm sure it is. And we're getting close to the end of the show, Ken. And I know I want to talk about you do a blog as well. Tell the audience about your blog. I started my blog in 2010. and, And like everything else, you don't know where it is you're going. And you start doing your thing and going out photographing and coming back and uploading and and writing about what I've done. I like to, at times, uh, give people an idea of why I took the photo and how I achieved it. Through all this with the blog, I have now 932 subscribers on my blog from all over the world. That's that's pretty fantastic. And Mm -hmm. the other thing I do is poetry which I also at the same time I put on my blog too. And I would say I have a book published that's available. Now, another thing I will tell you what I did last winter was I have a friend here who's a singer-songwriter. And he uh, asked me to take a song, My Home in the North, and put it with my photos. So... Okay, so after about two weeks, I, I came up with a beautiful music video, and, and it, it's just awesome. It's uh, something I've never done before, but it's another outlet for your work. But the blog, it, I publish on it once a week, and it, it's it's gone tremendously, and it's fun to do. Well, that's wonderful, and I encourage all the listeners today to take advantage of that and follow you and your blog as you go out and and do your uh, yeah. fantastic photography. Yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting little thing to do, and uh, it it goes to show you what you can do. Now, another thing that I, I will talk about if we've got a few minutes is the internet. Work right. the internet to your benefit to ex- expose your work. Do a lot of jury the online shows. You're not going to make them all, but you if your work is good enough. I would say that I make about 50% of these shows, these juried out shows. And it's like everything else. If the judge don't like your kind of work, he may like abstract, well, he's going to lean more towards that. That's, that's life. Um, but market your work. you got to – that, that, the old saying is you spend 90% of your time marketing and 10% doing your photography. That's the part I hate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I spent from the 1st of August to the end of September living in a tent up on Lake Superior. But while I'm up there, I'm also marketing myself. I carry business cards with me. I meet people in the bush, and on the trails, whatever. I'm handing out business cards. And believe it or not, a lot of these people reply back to me through my blog. I believe that because, yeah, you've made an impression. People know you as the artist. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And I, like I say, I hope that I, I've, I've brought some peace to, to people's lives. I'm not an environmentalist. I, I believe in protecting things, but 
I also don't believe that you're just going to shut jobs down and, and nobody can work. You can't have that. Right. But you have to protect what's out there. Well, Ken, it's been very enjoyable speaking with you this morning, and I want to thank you for joining us today on An Artist Speak. I thank you, too. This has been fun. I also want to thank our listeners for being with us today. And again, to view Ken Benison's stunning art, or to listen to this interview, and of course, purchase some of Ken Benison's beautiful photographs, visit us at ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com. I want to let all of the artists listening in today that Contemporary Art Gallery Online hosts a monthly art competition and exhibition. To enter your art, just click on the Art Competition tab and follow the prompts, and you can check out all of our upcoming competitions as well. If you're an architect, interior designer, or just a lover of art who likes to have interesting and beautiful art adorning your walls, then visit us at ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com and view some of the most exciting original art that you just can't find anywhere else. And while visiting our gallery, we would love for you to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and our blog. So please sign up so you can keep up with all that is happening at the gallery. And Artist Speaks airs every other Saturday morning, so we'll meet again in two weeks. But next Saturday at this time, be sure to listen to our show, The Business of Art, hosted by artist and published author Sharon Hawkshaw as she shares tips and ideas on how artists can grow their business. Again, thank you for listening to us today, and have a great rest of your weekend.